Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, America's number one trusted resource for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Starring award-winning real estate coaches Tim and Julie Harris. Get ready for unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what is truly working to get you into action and make you money in this new real estate boom. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back to Real Estate Coaching Radio. We have a great show for you today. We've been getting a lot of calls, questions, emails, comments. You guys are wanting to know how to monetize your relationships with builders. And so Julie has written a very great outline that we're going to show all of you guys. I think it's seven parts, Julie, or seven steps, right? Seven points? I believe so. Seven something mm-hmm. or another? Yes. Something like okay, that. Okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to... Let me look. Uh, it's a little bit more than seven. But anyway, what we're going to do, guys, is we're going to break... It might be a two-part. Yeah. Sure, but we're going to give you guys step-by-step, step, which you all love, uh, how exactly you uh, can start working with builders. And what we find um, shocking is that many of you have no clue what a great, wonderful spoke on your lead generation wheel working with builders is. Now, uh, Julie has a, uh, someone she, likes to, or she wants to acknowledge, and uh, again, everyone who is a member of Premier Coaching, Premier Coaching VIP or the Elite Program, make sure you guys are frequenting the private Facebook page. Uh, and uh, yeah, go ahead, Julie. All right, and we have so many fantastic clients and listeners in the great state of Texas. This is just one of them, Miss Chelsea Holden. She lives in Houston. She writes, good morning, Tim and Julie. I am a newer agent, licensed agent licensed for about two years. I've worked part-time last year while still doing some marketing for my broker and then took the plunge to full-time the beginning of this year. Well, last year I had a transaction with one of my best friends. She was the buyer. Everything went great. I knew the listing agent and everybody was happy at closing and afterwards. There was a couple of issues with the home that arose. It was a flip and the listing agent gave me the seller's contact information to give my friend. Problem solved, no harm done. Well, last month I had another closing with the same listing agent and his client. I again represented the buyer, first-time home buyers, who are friends of mine. This flip was a little different as it never actually went on the market and was not finished when we went under contract. The seller was having her own inspectors come out and would address all the issues before closing. My clients were going to use that inspection as their own and were supposed to be there when that happened. Of course, the seller didn't tell anybody. The inspections happened. Now I'm kind of fast-forwarding a little bit. Um, nobody got the report. seller addressed the issues that were health and safety related. Well. Chelsea writes, I mistakenly let them close without addressing a couple of issues, and they signed the buyer's walkthrough. Hindsight is 2020. They now have had issues regarding scratched floors from appliances being shoved in place, leaky toilet, leaky shower, flaking grout, and failing air conditioning. They emailed me yesterday stating that they had to replace the AC. While I brought these issues to the other agent immediately after closing, he said his client would address them, uh, but total repairs were not only if they were more than a few hundred dollars. Well, to make a long story short, my buyers are very upset and disappointed. Yes, I know. That's okay. We, you know, stuff happens. Uh, her buyers haven't said uh, that they're upset with her, but I would be if I were them, and I can feel it in their emails and their texts. I feel completely responsible because I vouched for the agent and the seller in the beginning as their search was taking a long time, became stressful, and we lost out on two other offers. I've offered to help pay for the AC unit, um, but basically she's asking – And, you know, I think anybody that's actually sold real estate on any level can relate to Chelsea's stress on this. 
I don't really think this is necessarily because she's a newbie. It probably could have happened to anybody. But she says, is there anything else you would suggest that I do to help ease their stress and mend my relationship with them? Now, Chelsea and I have since talked. She wrote them a nice handwritten card. She's been very professional about this. Um, but I, I wanted to pull out just a couple of points for our listeners. Number one, even if you know the other agent, you have to get everything in writing and you have to be very specific and very careful on behalf of your client, whether you're on the listing side or the buyer side. And number two, some of these inspection uh, nightmares, like having to pay for the air conditioning after the fact, some of that can be mitigated by making sure you've got a good home inspection. I'm sorry, obviously inspection, but home uh, warranty company. I just used ours today on a rental property. Um, but as far as maintaining and mending relationships, Tim, when you read this, you originally said, let's make sure that we do this as a shout out and talk about managing emotions, both your own as an agent as well as your clients. Anything you would add for Chelsea? I think she's handled it well, but I can Honestly, feel stressed. Uh, I don't know, and you don't. Maybe you know from having followed up with her. And guys, we do follow up all of you. There's thousands of you, but if you guys are in distress, we have your backs. We're not a bullshit coaching company that are just trying to sell you raw, raw. We're actually here to have your backs. We're your, we, see yourself, we see us as your partner in your real estate practice. I mean, you know, figuratively speaking, obviously. So anyway, um, I don't know whether or not she did put a home warranty on it, but that would have been the resolution for all these problems. And if you guys don't know what home warranties are, you need to research that immediately. American Home Shield warranty, I think it costs 400 bucks per year. Typically, the seller will pay for it, but if the seller basically negotiates out of the deal, you've got to get the buyer to pay for it because AHS is a no-brainer to put on all of your listings. And here's a little advanced coaching for all of you guys that have rental properties, for you guys who are managing rental properties. Julie and I have lots and lots, and what we do is we put American Home Shield warranty on all of our properties. And when something goes wrong, we tell the tenant to call AHS, pay the $125 deductible, uh, if it's a clog, this or one of the problems, if it's a problem that they created, they pay the $125 deductible. The HS goes out and fixes the problem, and that's part of the solution that we created for managing our, our properties. And it's a lot of things. It's something that, as you guys expand your own rental portfolios, or if you're in the management side of things already, put warranties on everything. It's 400 bucks per year, and HS for $125 deductible per call out pretty much fixes everything. It is a huge deal. <laughs> it's a great deal. And uh, by the way, when you sell an American Home Shield warranty, and this, this again always surprises me that agents don't know this. When you sell an American Home Shield warranty, in other words, you write it into the contract, you're the one that basically made the sale, there's at least used to be a $60 commission that's paid. I bet you it's more than that now. I bet you it's more like 160 now. And that check is coming into your brokerage and it's going somewhere. So if you write into a contract, that American Home Shield warranty, or I suppose any of the other warranty companies, um, you will somebody's getting paid a commission. So you might want to track that down and see where your commission checks have been going on your buyer side transactions is typically where you see it. What we did when we sold real estate is we always had the seller agree to the AHS prior because AHS has something really cool. You guys will think I'm making this up, but I'm not. You can actually get AHS seller's coverage. So what you can do literally is have the seller covered uh, while the house is listed for sale. So if anything's found in the inspections, American Home Shield warranty will fix it. 
Um, but again, then the seller's coverage translate or transfers to the buyer's coverage as well. So these are all little nice things. But what we do when we took listings is we would have the seller basically agree to the seller's coverage ahead of time, let the buyer know that basically there's already a home warranty on it, and maybe in some small way that made that listing a little bit more attractive to that prospective buyer. And then obviously we would get paid a commission on that home warranty. So a little advanced coaching, I'm sure that's going to raise some eyebrows. I imagine there's people sending messages right now to their brokers, I sold 12 AHSs, where's my I'm sure that's going on. All right, so on the website, timandjulieharris.com, there is an article that we put up yesterday that you guys need to be downloading. It's New Study Vindicates Agents. FISBOs aren't better off without you. It's a great research uh, uh, paper that was done. I don't remember the name of the company, but it wasn't a real estate brokerage, and we have included – let me make sure this works – uh, making sure this works. Yep, we've included a download. It's from Collateral Analytics Research, and you guys can download this. It's a PDF. And go ahead and download this to your um, and use on your listing appointments. And what it does is it shows, again, this is a great thing for you to use in your listing appointments when you're talking with for sale by owners. If they basically, if the, the flexible fee commission structure as part of our uh, PLP doesn't get them off on the whole commission thing, whip out that report, drop it in their hands, and say, listen, this report here uh, vindicates agents, shows that essentially agents will at least cover the cost of their commission because statistically, Mr. Seller, you're actually going to sell the house for uh, a greater discount by trying to sell it yourself than you would have otherwise that exceeds the amount you're going to pay in commission. If you guys are in any way tuned in to what I'm saying, remember, go to our website. The name of the article is actually go to the search bar that's at the top. Just go to timandjulieharris.com and just put in these keywords. Remember I told you this. Do not email customer service. Do not email me. Do not email Julie asking for a link. <laughs> do this yourself. The keyword you need to drop into the search bar is new study vindicates. Just If you just put a new study, you'll find it as well. It's the first thing that comes up, and the link to download the report is right there. Okay, good. So, Julie, let's jump in. Where are the, yeah. uh, the, the focus today is working with builders, and you have a lot of ground to cover, so attack. I do. <laughs> Indeed. So we're going to cover what is new construction, where is it, why do you care, how can I make some money at this, and what should I do to get started. So you're right, it's a lot of ground to cover. Well, what is it? There's five flavors. There's probably more, but here are my top five flavors of new construction. Number one, traditional new construction, which would be single-family home neighborhoods. Most of you have this being built within at least a 10-mile radius or less of where you live. Number two, new townhomes, doubles, zero-lot line homes, things of that nature. Number three, condos, low, medium, or high-rise condos. Number four, urban and suburban infill, teardowns, and rehab, especially for those of you who live in historical areas, uh, very old areas that have been built up forever, you're more likely to have this, urban and suburban infill. And number five, land acquisition, lot sales, and development. So that all falls under the big new construction umbrella. But why do you care? Well, point number one, and Tim, feel free to jump in and interrupt me if I skip anything here, if you want to add. Uh, so why do we care about new construction? Well, number one, it's a great source to find inventory for your buyers. So on a very basic level, this is kind of hidden inventory for many of you. In most cases, it's not in the MLS. But note to self, many resale buyers get frustrated thinking about the cost of repairs on an older home. They like the neighborhood, but you'll keep getting this feedback or the objection, well, I don't want to do the work. New construction is a solution that overcomes that objection. And some of your MLSs are adding new construction, but don't assume that if you've got it in your MLS, they're covering everything or that every builder is putting it in the MLS. Number two, new construction is a major part of most markets. 
Not knowing new construction is a handicap to your career. It's a liability. You're making less money than you should if you are closing your eyes to new construction. Number three, why do we like new construction? One relationship with the builder, developer, sales manager can lead to multiple transactions. That makes it a very efficient thing to prospect. Number four, end the frustration of being in competitive offer situations with your buyers trying to buy resale. New construction offers them freedom of choice, freedom of time to move, and no rehab costs. And by the way, your inspection dramas are a lot less on new construction. Number five, buyers can often get more home for the same payment if you find them a builder with in-house financing, rate buy-down options, or other assistance. And number six, under the why you care list, is that this is actually easier prospecting than a lot of other spokes because builders usually have commissions already built into their pricing. Did I miss anything on that, Tim, of why they should love this? Nope. I'm going to embellish your last point. So, guys, listen, um, here's something all of you should be doing. I'm going to make what Julie's points are very practical. Every one of you in your marketplace have, as Julie said, builders that are not putting their stuff in the MLS. In many parts of the country, the last thing they're going to do is put their stuff in the MLS because they don't have to. Builders typically do not list with a broker. All right, with that said, here's the mindset I want you guys to have. You need to discover who all the builders are in your marketplace. Go to your local BIA, builders, BI, just Google BIA chapter in your town and you'll find probably a, a directory of builders that you can um, buy or maybe they'll just give it to you, I don't know. Find out who all the active builders are. Find out who all the active, you know, anybody who's doing, it, it could be a national DR Horton type, in my homes type. It could be a local builder that's just doing like five or six homes. It doesn't matter. Find out who all of them are and make a list. Now, again, you're not going to know about all the developments and all that's going on unless you actually proactively go out there and go after it because of the fact that they're not sticking their stuff in the MLS. Most agents don't go beyond just the MLS when they're looking for properties. And most of these builders nowadays, if they're selling in a hot market, which you know virtually all the country still really is and most of the price ranges the builders are building in, they're not, they're not going to try to avoid co-oping, but they're sure as hell not going to go out of their way to co-op. The, the uh, build reps that sit in the models, generally speaking, might get paid a small bonus for every transaction. In some cases, though it's very rare, they actually get paid more if there's no co-op. Um, but really, at the end of the day, what I'm trying to tell you is that there's no real motivation for them to worry about whether or not they're, quote, unquote, reaching out to the real estate community. Now, when the real estate market changes, then you're going to see the builders get crazy, and they're going to start doing incentives for co-ops, and they'll start offering, like, you know, ridiculous commissions and the whole thing just for you to bring your buyers by. So do not assume that you know of everything that's for sale or will be for sale. There's lots and lots of projects that are getting started. They're going to be coming online next year um, in every market across the country. I read about it every day in the financial reportings. So you guys now, what your job has to be is find out who all these guys are, and then here's generally speaking how easy it is to do business with them from a buyer's perspective. They'll all have a registration process, and it works very simply. You take your buyer in. You have your, your buyer says, I'm working with you know, Tim and Julie Harris. Boom. If that buyer ever buys, even if Tim and Julie Harris never showed up at the model in most cases, just by the very fact that your buyer registered you as their buyer, even if you, I'll say it again, as an agent, didn't accompany them, though some build reps try to be dicks about that, I realize, but don't worry about that. I just said a bad word. I apologize. <laughs> but it's true. So if you, know, you get registered, your name's attached to theirs, if they ever do a build uh, with that builder, you'll get paid a commission. Remember I told you that. When Julie and I had, uh, we had buyer's assistants that were working for us, buyer's agents is what people call them now, what we would do is when they started working with a new builder, 
or I'm sorry, when they started, when one of the our agents started working with a new buyer, the buyer would fill out this form and basically said, I, you know, Bill Smith, uh, acknowledge that Tim and Julie Harris are representing me on this transaction, right? And I would like to register right now uh, with your bill company. And what we do is we take that form and then we would fax it off. You guys can obviously email it nowadays, we, but we deliver it to every new build rep. And, and then we'd have them basically acknowledge that they received it. Now, why do you want to be proactive like that? Because if you're not, your buyer is going to be out driving around this weekend, and they're going to stumble, they're going to chase some signs, and there's going to be some dudes spinning signs, and they're going to go down some side streets. And the next thing you know, they're going to be in contract on new construction. That new construction uh, is going to say, sorry, you didn't bring the buyer. We're not going to pay you. Do you guys understand what I'm saying here? So you need to get ahead of the curve. You need to find out who the builders are. You need to either get copies of their registration forms or create your own that they've agreed ahead of time to accept. And every time you come across any buyer, any buyer from an open house that walks into your office that's in your database, register them all. That way, if that buyer happens to buy at any time in the future, you will get a paycheck. And yes, what I'm telling you is how it works. You literally can get a paycheck from somebody that you had a conversation with once that you registered with a builder passively through a system like I just described for you, and then six months from now you get a paycheck. A check arrives in the mail or you know, arrives at your brokerage's office, and you're like, what the heck? I don't remember. And then you'll look through your database, and you'll remember somebody you talked with six months prior. I'm not making it up, guys. And know the buyer is not paying more because of this. It's built in. Yeah, exactly. The builders basically, when they're doing these projects, they set aside into their budgets, obviously, a certain amount for sales commissions. And like I said, in some cases, they'll pay the build rep a little bit extra if there's no co-op, but it's usually, it usually doesn't work that way. The build rep, in most cases, isn't going to try to fight against you guys being on the contract. Uh, because they don't care because they don't get paid. You know, like I said, they don't get paid usually anymore if you're not on the contract. So they'll usually be collaborative and helpful because they want to get a build too. They want to work, you know, you guys get it. Everyone's kind of pulling in the same direction. Occasionally you'll get a new build rep that's, I mean, being honest, that's a failed realtor, and they're going to be a little psycho about trying to basically make it so you guys have to jump through some extra hoops to get that buyer registered. I think if you've been in the business for any amount of time, you'll know the sort of psychology. Sometimes there's not a collaborative uh, relationship between the build rep and the agent. Sometimes there'll be a competitive relationship. When you run across the build rep, like that, the way you win is you just get a copy of their corporate registration form, and then you just stick to the exact process that the corporation uh, requires, and then whatever ego thing is going on with that build rep, you'll be able to bypass because you're following uh, their employer's rules. So there's a little advanced coaching and how you can apply Julie's point number six specifically. So Julie, let's move on. Thank you. Excellent. So how do you get started on this whole new construction thing? Well, Here's your step-by-step -step guide. Number one, find the new construction in your area. Can't sell much of it if you don't know where it is. Create a file, a spreadsheet, a PDF, some way to have your own new construction MLS for quick reference. The local builder associations can help you know who's building what, where, and for what price. Uh, so, you know, in Texas, it's texasbuilders.org. You all have versions mm -hmm. of this where you live. Okay, number two. Determine which builders have new construction reps, quote, on site, either in model homes or in trailers. You do that by visiting them, by calling them, by driving around. Number three, prioritize the builders who have reps on site for the sake of building your resale referral network. And we'll talk about that in a second. Number four, actually visit each development. Get to know the product first before you go asking for anything in return. 
So this is part of the earn while you learn, uh, part of what we teach uh, coaching-wise. So the more you know about it, the more likely you are to be confident enough to sell it. Ask the following questions. When you're viewing each development, you're talking to those uh, sales reps, do they have spec homes? What's a spec home? A spec home is what the builder builds on speculation. They know if they build it, the buyers will come, but right now there's no contract on that particular home, and you guys should all be thinking, ding, 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 I got a buyer who would love to buy something like that and not have to compete for it, and or maybe you'll end up listing some of their spec homes. Now, next question, how do they handle home sale contingencies? Do they have in-house, or let me stop on that, home sale contingencies. So in almost every case right now in today's market, the builder or developer is just not going to accept a home sale contingency, or if they do, they'll say you have to remove it by the time your house is in drywall. Otherwise, we'll put it back into our inventory, turn it into a spec home, and you get to start over until you remove that home sale contingency. So make sure you know how each builder handles that. Do they have in-house or special financing arrangements? If so, how does that work? Where else are they building? Do they ever list with agents on a house-by-house -house basis or entire projects? Who is their typical buyer? Asking these questions shows your interest and enthusiasm and getting the answers helps you know how to monetize the relationship. Well, that's kind of a big complicated point, Tim. Did that come across <laughs> like a step-by-step -step, or do you need to translate? No, you keep going. I wasn't. I mean, I, you kind of lost me about halfway through there because it's probably too complicated. But keep going. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I want them to know what they're doing, basically. So educate well, I mean, that well, way you but, can monetize. Yeah. Well, here's what I was thinking when you were saying that. I was thinking I was envisioning a realtor that basically is a know-it-all type, who basically <laughs> walks in and acts like they know what size two by four should be, and hey, guess what? Two by fours haven't actually been two by four for you know forever. And two by, you know, all this stupid stuff, all this analytical garbage that some of you guys are going to feel you need to know in order to justify your no, commission. Don't go You're that not far. going to feel yeah. right. Well, that's that's kind of what I was thinking. I was thinking about agents that basically will feel uncomfortable with the fact that mm -hmm. they're getting paid for doing virtually nothing other than introducing a buyer to the builder. That is, uh, I understand. I can appreciate that. The only answer I, I can say for that coaching here it is: get over it. You know, suck it up, Buttercup. Take the paycheck it's and be a good happy. Thing. It's a good thing. Yes. Thank the real estate gods that this exists for you. That's right. Occasionally you'll get an easy deal. Trust me, it doesn't. You guys know it doesn't happen that often. But I I remember just dozens of times where we'd have a, a buyer show up somehow on our radar. The buyer would basically be like, okay, well, you know, I want to go look at properties, and I'd put them with a buyer's agent. I remember this one actually. I was walking in the office in our Remax North office in Worthington, Ohio. And I walked in, and there was like – I was there for just a little bit. I was talking with the front desk person, and, and in walks a buyer. I want to go look at this new construction. There were Epcon condos. If you guys are in central Ohio, oh, yeah. you know what I'm talking about. And they were down the way off 23. I want to go look at them. I just don't know what I'm supposed to do. And they just went into our REMAX office because it was right on a main drag. REMAX out front, drove in, walked in. I said, cool, let's go. I went and registered them. They bought, it that, they bought that day. They ended up building, and it wasn't for very much. It was like a quarter million dollars. But then basically they closed, and I got a paycheck. Total time in my hands, about an hour. I didn't have to close the deal. I didn't have to help them with their financing. I hadn't, didn't have to help them worry about their uh, you know, decorations or their floor plans or their grout or the two-by-fours or the electrical, this, that, and the other. And sometimes what you guys do is you guys will make it so the new construction people don't want to work with you because you try to interject yourself in the conversation. You're, e 
Your ego makes you think that you are necessary as part of the transaction. It's not. What you should do with new construction, guys, listen to what your coach, or in some cases, some of you have yet to join our coaching program, your future coach is telling you, introduce the buyers to the new construction people, and then get out of the way. Let them do their jobs. That's it. Shut up. Just let them do their jobs. They know their product better than you do. Chances are they have more sales training than you do. Chances are. Okay, so chances are they're really good at their job, and that's your whole job. Do not feel like you're abandoning your buyer. Do not feel awkward or weird. Do not feel weird when they basically go into contract your client, on something. Or, you registered them. Right. None of, the, none of those things are happening. They're just helping you make money. So get out of the way. But remember, register them first. And sometimes if you guys register them first, you don't even have to go to the meetings. They'll just show up. They'll meet with you know Betty, the new build rep. Betty will put them in contract. Betty will send you an email. I got them in contract. And you're going to be like, cool, call up your buyers, congratulate them, and then just wait for your check. That's how easy this business can be if you guys just get out of the way. Does that make sense, Julie? Is that what you were trying to say with that long paragraph? Uh, all I was saying was uh, for them to be asking and educating themselves before they go marching into new build rep and say, give me your leads, give me your resale leads. That's right. You know, to exactly. educate on some level. No, you don't have to know all of the ins and outs of construction, and don't waste your time on that. That's their job. But do show some interest. Don't just, you know, go in there and expect them to somehow owe you the resale business that walks in their door. You've got to work with them. So uh, I'm going to do one more point, and then I've got to get to Premier Tim. Uh, number five, create a pop-by plan to build relationships with these new build reps and get the inside scoop on available homes. Be the one they call when somebody backs out of a new home that's just been completed so you know about that inventory. Use our 12-month Center of Influence plan for ideas on pop-bys or our private Facebook page to see what other uh, members are doing with new construction relationships. You know, we've got tons of examples of our listeners and certainly of our premier coaching members who just go by and, you know, pop in and say hi to their favorite new build rep and build that relationship. And then that moves on to getting referrals for the resale business, being up front when the spec homes are there that's not going to pop into the MLS, you know, kind of getting special treatment from special relationships. Um, so I'm going to turn it over back to you, Tim, so I can get my premier call set up. And I think we'll continue this on Monday. Back to you. We will. So listen, guys, this topic, as most of our topics are uh, presented because you guys have requested it. If you have any topics you want us to do on the show, just simply go to, uh, I'm sorry, email Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com or Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. And if any of our premier coaching members, if you guys ever need any help, you ask for help. We've got your backs. I realize it doesn't happen that often because pretty much premier coaching has essentially everything you could possibly ever need to build your real estate practice. You know, and I, the feedback we get on the program is fantastic, and I always love hearing you guys uh, talk about how, you know, you implemented this, you implemented that, and it resulted in you getting paid. That just, I mean, honestly, you can tell it makes Julie and I happy. So, look, if you guys ever need any special help, you ask for special help. Don't worry about it. We're here. We've got your backs. We're all part of the, you know, you're part of our tribe. We're part of yours. Let's have each other's backs so we can all be successful together. If you need me for anything, it's Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com or Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. And remember, guys, it's not too late for you to request your free coaching call. Just go to FreeCoachingCallsForAgents.com, FreeCoachingCallsForAgents.com. Um, and when you do so by requesting a free coaching call, not only will you get a coaching call with one of our new member coaches, but you're also going to get six of our books, in which I think they're probably the one that you guys seem to like the most, well, the two, uh, Think and Grow Rich for Real Estate, and also the book, uh, Real Estate Treasure Map. So make sure you grab those two books, request your own free coaching call. 
Hey, guys, have a fantastic day. Listen, if you want to stay tuned in to us between shows, there are literally thousands of shows that are waiting for you, past shows that are waiting for you, that are, uh, you know, some of you guys have uh, grown your businesses around our podcasts and our coaching program. Go there, get the education you need, get the motivation you need. It's uh, timandjulieharris.com, or, of course, they're on iTunes, and they're also over on Stitcher. Have a fantastic day. We'll talk with you on the show tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.